0: Hey, my name is PJ Nolan. I'm the lead pastor of Collective Church. We are a community of real people in Saline County, Arkansas, seeking to know God and to make Him known. We hope as you visit our podcast that you will find the messages inspiring, practical, but most importantly, biblical. Aren't you glad this morning, church, that you know that your Savior is coming again for you? He's coming again for you. The promise of His return we see in the, in the first part of Acts chapter 1 and then last week. Woo, the power of Scripture, His Word. Aren't you glad? that you live in a country, that you have the freedom to open the Word this morning, to be able to absolutely read His Word with all freedom and nobody persecuting you from reading His Word, but the power of His Word. And I hope, church, that we believe that this morning as we transition uh, again going into looking at the study of the power of prayer. But there's something I I really want to point out this morning and I want to show us a definition of a, of a word because I believe it's really important as we begin to walk through the book of Acts as well. And this word is called obedience. Uh, children or teenagers in here today, you may not fully grasp this concept. Uh, and maybe some of us adults don't quite grasp this, uh, this definition as well. So here it is, compliance with an order, a request, or law or submission to another's authority. Let me say that again. Compliance with an order, a request or law or submission to another's authority. If you're familiar at all with the Great Commission, we see that all authority was given unto who? Jesus. And following this this Great Commission that we see in in the, the, the latter part of Matthew chapter 28, Jesus is fixing to make his ascension. It's kind of correlating right into the book of Acts chapter 1. And Jesus said the authority was given to him, and he's giving them specific instructions there that we've already covered in the first part and chapter of Acts chapter 1. So what does obedience in prayer lead to? I believe that Scripture shows obedience to prayer leads to the fulfillment of the gospel. Let me say that again. I believe that the scripture shows obedience to prayer leads to the fulfillment of the gospel. And I think if you're sitting here this morning and you're a born again believer and you are a part of his church, his kingdom, I believe that what we should make sure that we always know that our vision and our goal is is that we always have the idea of the greatest thing that we can share is the gospel, the good news. If we walk in this morning and we forget that the gospel is the reason we're here, we've missed the mark. And we have to make sure that we are obedient to his word and to the gospel. And again, I believe that the scriptures today will point out to us and show us that being obedient to prayer will lead to you having a difference using his gospel for his kingdom. You believe that this morning, church? You believe in the power of prayer because I believe sometimes, I believe sometimes we we, we make prayer such a, well, that's just what we do at bedtime, or that's just what we do before we eat our food, and it becomes a little monotonous, and I believe sometimes we lose how powerful prayer can be in your life, in someone else's life. In an unbeliever's life, if we can't believe that the prayer that we're praying is powerful or that it doesn't make a difference, why are we doing it? And if we believe the opposite, that the prayer is powerful, and if we believe that prayer does make a difference and that God hears our prayers and he hears our cries, why aren't we doing it? It's a challenge for us this morning. But let's look at the scriptures. We're going to look at three different passages today, all surrounding in the, book, uh, the book of Acts. We're going to look at uh, Acts chapter 1, 12 through 14 first, and then we're going to read 24 through 26. And then we're going to jump over to Acts chapter 2, verse 42. Now all of these are going to have a common theme, and I want you to, uh, to work with me and see what theme that you see as we read through these passages and scriptures. The uh, book of Acts chapter one, verses 12 through 14 says this, "'Then they returned to, to Jerusalem from the mount called Olive, uh, "'which is near Jerusalem, a Sabbath day's journey. "'And he had entered, they went up to the upper room uh, "'where they were staying, Peter and John and James and Andrew, "'Philip and Thomas, Bartholomew and Matthew, "'James the son of Alphaeus and Simon the zealot, "'and Judas the son of James, all these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer together with the women and Mary the mother of Jesus and his brothers jump forward just a little bit to Matthew, or excuse me acts chapter 1 24 through 26 it says this and they prayed and said you, Lord, you uh, who know the hearts of all, show which one of these two you have chosen to take the place in this ministry and apostleship from which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and, the, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles. Acts chapter two, verse 42 says this, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship of to the breaking of bread and the prayers. Let's pray this morning. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for your word. We thank you for your gospel. Lord Jesus, be with us as we study your word and we begin to apply these things to our life. We love you. It's your name I pray, amen. So let's let's look through these and kind of see what's going on here. I believe that I asked you guys to see if you saw a common theme in these three scriptures. And I hope that that common theme you saw was an obedience To prayer and obedience to prayer. If we go back and we look again in the book of Acts chapter 1, verse 12 through 14, first of all, they're being obedient by going back to where Jesus said for them to go. If we remember in verse 4 of the of chapter 1, Jesus gives them a command, right? He has all the authority, and Jesus says, Go and wait, right? Wait, and then Acts chapter 1, 8 can happen. But he says to go back and wait, but notice what they did. Notice what they did, and, and I love that PJ said this, by the way, right off the bat. Do you know that you serve a God that is not a God of chaos, but is a God of order? God is a God of order, and he, and he works his things out for his good and for his purposes, and we get to be the vessels that he uses. Amen, right? So Acts 1, 12 through 14, we see that they leave and they, they go this, this journey's day, right? A Sabbath day's journey away, about three quarters of a mile, right? They go up and, they, and he lists all these people that are here, right? He lists all the ones that are there, all the disciples. But notice some of the ones that he even mentions. All of these with one accord were devoting themselves to prayer, You have the 120, they're all going to this upper room, they've traveled a quarter of a mile, they're going up, they're going to now pray and devote themselves to prayer. Why? Because they're being in full obedience to God and Christ's command and authority he told them about. They're being in obedience because they know and they believe and they have faith in exactly what Jesus said he was going to do. They devoted themselves to prayer. I think it's really cool that you see the, uh, the, you see the women the, and the mother of Mary and Je- uh, of Jesus and his brothers. I think it's really cool that, that Luke points this out to us because if you remember, some of his brothers weren't even believers. And they're here. They're believers now. The, the work is already beginning. Is that, that's cool, church, that, the, that God is already making things happen and the spirit is about to erupt. But in this scripture, man, what do we see? That they're devoting themselves to prayer. Devoting themselves to prayer. All of them, the whole 120 plus, right? Acts chapter 1, 24 through 26. Again, and they prayed and said, you Lord who know the hearts of all, Show me one of these two you have chosen to take this place and this ministry and apostleship, which, which Judas turned aside to go to his own place. Now, we can, we can quickly uh, go over this and look what's going on here, but this is a really cool moment in Scripture. Because basically what's happening here is they're fixing to be obedient in prayer And since they're being obedient in prayer, God's fixing to fulfill prophecy from the Psalms. And he's fixing to do it with these people. Why? Not because they just chose to do this. Not because they were like, hey, we don't have anything better to do. Uh, Well, I guess we ought to replace Judas now. Uh, So uh, let's just do this little number. And uh, yeah, you're the guy. That's not at all what Scripture teaches. What Scripture teaches is that God's a God of order and that we actually see them being obedient in prayer leads to Peter understanding that there needs to be a 12 based on prophecy and Scripture, based on his word. We see obedience and prayer is leading to something. It's leading to God's word becoming complete And that's what he does. You can find that in Psalm 69, 25, that prophecy that Peter talks about there, and I believe verse 20 of the book of Acts chapter one. But their obedience to prayer led them to choosing a new apostle, not of their own accord, but God's choosing. Notice what it says. And they cast lots for them, and the lot fell on Matthias, and he was numbered with the 11 apostles obedience, and prayer. I want to I point something else out here. You know there was a second person, right? There was a second person being considered. It do, I, I don't see in here where it says, well, the other one that wasn't chosen, he just got up and left and joined a new church because he didn't get his way. They were obedient in prayer. And because the church was being obedient in prayer, they were being under the authority of God and Christ. And because of that, just because I didn't get to be God's chosen, the other guy, you don't see him tucking his tail and running away. No, they're still there in one accord, going to the temple daily and praising him. They're being obedient. Why? Because they're devoting themselves to prayer. Verse 42 of the book of Acts chapter two says, and they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers, and the prayers. So what happens between the end of chapter one and the latter part of chapter two is a whole lot. We're gonna gonna go through that, I believe next week and the week after that talking about that day of Pentecost, but that's what's happening and and the church just exploded. But it's all happening, why? Because they were being obedient in prayer. They were obedient in prayer. They, They began to be obedient from the ascension to the day of Pentecost. Not one time did the disciples not devote that time to prayer. And look what it led to. It led to Arguably one of the most biggest explosions uh, in the history of the church of salvations. People coming to know him. So what is, it, what is that saying? Yes, obedience and prayer leads to the gospel. Obedience and prayer leads to the gospel church. And if we believe that, if we believe that, the, that prayers are powerful, if we believe that Christ hears us, if we believe that God is using us, The question still remains, why are we not doing it if we're not? Are we believing how powerful prayer is? Because scripture clearly shows that obedience in prayer results in powerful results. Powerful results, not just little things. It fulfilled prophecy. The disciples were obedient in prayer And one was chosen. The church was praising God. They were were absolutely doing everything in obedience to him, specifically in this instance, to prayer. That tells me many things, but obedience to prayer turns into powerful results. And I, I believe I have a little bit of experience in this I want to share with you this morning. Because I believe this to be true because it's had an absolute direct effect on my life. And I believe if you're sitting here this morning, you can probably say the same thing. That prayer, powerful prayer, has had an effect on your life. Maybe you don't even realize or know it. Maybe, maybe the lady sitting, you know, three pews down from your childhood who prayed for you every day, but you didn't know it had a major effect on your life. Maybe it's a big reason you're here this morning because if we believe in the power of prayer, we have to believe it has an effect. And because those prayers that you may never hear, and you're not supposed to, it's not praying for you or to you, praying to Father, it's having an effect on you. Results. So in my life, I can share this one instance and many of you know a little bit of my story about my my dad who passed away tragically very quickly in a motorcycle accident back in May of 2008. And that was really difficult, very, very difficult time. Did not see it coming, obviously, and it was just wrecked my world. I didn't, didn't know really how to handle that or walk into a world where my dad didn't exist anymore or wasn't a part of that anymore. And so... I really didn't know what to do with that, and I remember I remember going to the funeral home on a Sunday morning, and we were you know going through uh, kind of the layout of the funeral. Love you, you've been through this, you you know what I'm talking about. Uh, of course, all of it's kind of still of a blank. But I remember I remember tr- just kind of going away from that meeting and and just telling my mom at the you know I was like I really I just want I just want to go to the church. I just want to go to church. I don't want to be here. I just want to go to church. I want to get I want to get away. From all this stuff, you know, I was I was still majorly in denial, and I just didn't know how or why I wanted to, why I didn't want to deal with it. And so we went on to church, and uh, I remember I remember walking in, you know, very discreetly trying to sit, you know, toward the backer or whatnot. And the pastor at the time, I remember, I remember, he stopped what he was doing. He stopped. He was in the middle of his at this point in time. He was in the middle of his his uh, his preaching almost, uh, and he stopped. He just stopped preaching. He turned his mic off. He walked down. He prayed. He prayed with me. Powerful. Powerful. He goes back up. He finishes his sermon. After church, church family just surrounds surrounds me, my, my brother, my mom, in powerful prayer. Don't tell me that prayer is not powerful. Don't tell me church family doesn't matter. You don't want to go to church because there's hypocrites? Well, guiltiest party right here. Because that's what this is for. Powerful prayer leads to powerful results. I was 17 at the time. I'd been four years removed from surrendering to the ministry. And... I don't know what the biggest grand scheme of all that happened, but I know that God's used that in my life. Yeah. It's used it in my life. It doesn't make me an expert. What it does do is it gives me life gospel-changing results that I've seen because yeah. prayer is powerful. Amen. We need to remember that this morning. But what does powerful prayer lead to? What does it lead to? here's three things that we're gonna look at today where I believe that the power of prayer and what it leads to. The first thing is healing. So if you're taking notes this morning, the first thing that I believe that powerful prayer leads to is healing. I wanna jump back and just reference verses 24 through 26 again. You know, the disciples, they had spent three and a half years following Jesus. And a part of that three and a half years, there was a man that portrayed Jesus and then turned his back on Jesus, that man we know to be Judas. But are you, you can't sit here and tell me the disciples were not affected by that. I believe that, that Peter and the disciples absolutely were affected by this. They spent three and a half years with this man Spent three and a half years growing with Judas, learning from Jesus, developing friendships and bonds and sharing meals every day, walking uh, miles on top of miles on top of miles, bonding and creating relationship with one another. Are you telling me that they weren't hurt by that? Obedience and prayer led him to realize that this was prophecy of God and they need to fulfill it though. Maybe you're here this morning, you've been hurt by the church. Maybe you're here this morning, you've been hurt by a spouse. Maybe you're here this morning, you've been hurt by a friend or a family. Maybe you're here this morning, you fill in the blank. Here's what I know. Powerful prayer leads to healing. Scripture shows it. It's evident in my life. And you know it to be true. The question is, do you really want the healing? That's the question. Because the bigger question still remains, why are we not praying? But what do we know that powerful prayer leads to? We know it leads to healing. It led, it led to healing for the, for the disciples. It leads to healing for you today. If you're born again Christian, you've been healed. From sin. You've been healed from everything that you have that's gonna come before you. And every sin you're going to commit. been paid for by Jesus Christ this morning. It's been paid for. And you've confessed it. If you're a believer this morning, you've confessed that sin, and you've received that gift. You've been healed. So why would we hide this bigger idea that prayer leads to healing? And you know, here in just a little while, we're going to have a decision time. Maybe, maybe you got some wounds to heal this morning. Can I tell you that powerful prayer will help that? Do you believe that? Do you believe it? Amen. Yeah. Because that's what, that's what I'm saying. If you believe it, if you trust it, if you have faith in it, if you believe that God can actually have an effect in it and you want it, the act is now just doing it. Number two, though, you know, pr- powerful prayer leads to healing. Powerful prayer heals men's wounds. It brings people together. You think we could have church if we didn't have powerful prayer? No. Church is messy. When you grow, it's messy. When you're convicted, it's messy. Powerful prayer leads to results, though. Powerful prayer leads to being together. It leads to being together. We see after this huge day, this day of Pentecost in the book of Acts chapter 2, We see this huge amount of people, 3,000 people come to know the Lord through this powerful moving of the Holy Spirit in which they were obedient to, through obedient prayer. 3,000 people come to know the Lord in Acts 2, 42. What do we see? Well, because it all had happened, they just decided, well, we've done our part. We can stop praying now. No, they didn't stop. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to coming together, to breaking bread together. And prayer. It doesn't say, notice, it doesn't say that they, they decided to, you know, pray just in their own homes. No, they prayed together as a church family. I'm so glad that I'm a part of Collective Church because in 10 years of ministry and being brought up and growing up in church, I never saw more powerful prayer from a church than I do you. Every single Sunday, you don't come with this idea of, well, I don't want to pray because I don't want someone to judge me. Who cares? Because there's only one person you should be worried about when it comes to your spiritual well-being and in your intense, powerful prayer, and that's God. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. I cannot wait to stand before my heavenly Father And I want so badly when I speak to him and I utter whatever words must come out of my mouth. But I can't wait for him to maybe even just say, I recognize that voice. Is that you? Is that you this morning? When you stand before a holy father... When you come together, whether it's after his coming and we come together after death and we step into eternity and you speak to the Father of fathers, the God of gods, the one who reigns above all, will he recognize your voice? I hope so. I hope so because prayer is powerful. Prayer is powerful. We cry together, we love together, we're disciplined together. We pray and obey God together. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning, you're looking for a church home. Hey, I'm just gonna let you know, here in a moment, you're gonna see people pray. Don't let it freak you out, okay? That's a good thing, because that's what we're supposed to do. And I didn't know it was real, I didn't know it was actual thing until I came here and I'm blessed. I'm, I'm telling you, I'm beyond blessed to be here. Because this church is a church that prays and we do it together. We don't just say, well, I prayed at home. That's great. Pray at home, but pray together. If you need to be healed this morning and there's somebody in this room that you need healing to begin with, pray with them this morning. What are you waiting for? We have work to do. We have work to do. We can't can't let bitter healing keep us apart. We can't stay unconnected. We got to be together. Why? Because together, powerful prayer leads to the gospel. Powerful prayer leads to the gospel. Acts 1, 14 shows that obedience to prayer leads to perhaps one of the most powerful moments in all of Scripture. When they were devoting themselves to prayer, when they were being obedient to prayer to God, they were fixing to have their worlds shaken in Acts chapter 2. When that spirit rushed in and that spirit took and, I mean, just did a miraculous thing and people came to know him, obedience to prayer leads to the gospel. And if we don't believe that, if we don't believe that powerful prayer leads to the gospel, there's no reason for us to pray. Because here's the deal. You say, well, I'm not worthy enough to be here to even present the gospel to somebody because my life is a wreck. You're wrong. You're in the perfect place to present the gospel to somebody because the gospel's all about the good news, not your news. Amen. It's not your news. It's his news. And if we're gonna take his news, we gotta realize that powerful prayer will heal, powerful prayer will be bring people together, and powerful prayer will allow God to use you as his vessel right where you are for his gospel. His gospel. Thanks again for visiting the Collective Church podcast. We hope you found the message to be practical, inspiring, and biblical. And by the way, if you're interested in learning more about Collective Church, you can follow us on Facebook or Instagram. And if you enjoyed the message, hit the subscribe button. And if you'd be willing to, hit share and help us spread the word about Collective Church.